1: and welcome back to Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. As always, you are here with Megan Gower and the NCAA women's basketball season is officially underway. We are recording this on Tuesday, so yesterday was the first day of the season. Lots of teams in action to to start out the year, so it was exciting to get to sit for the TV and watch lots of hoops last night. I think the best game of the day was certainly the one we expected it to be, number 21, Creighton, at number 23, South Dakota State, the only top 25 matchup on the women's or men's slate last night. But a great game overall, went down pretty close to the wire in the fourth quarter, and we saw Creighton get a pretty big road win over South Dakota State to start off their season. Lauren Johnson, who, of course, captured the attention of the nation in Creighton's. Elite 8 run last year, scored 30 points for the Blue Jays in that game, so a great way to start off the season. We're not going to get to it today because it's not happening until tonight, but we've got another top 25 matchup between Tennessee and Ohio State as well tonight, so that should be an interesting one too. One of the best non-conference games on the schedule this year is coming up on Monday, however, which is number 3 Texas at number 6 UConn. And today we're talking a lot about this number 3 Texas team and what they look like as well as looking ahead to that game on Monday and what it means for both teams and what we might expect to see in that one. To do that, I am here today with Danny Davis who covers all things Longhorns for the Austin Statesman. Hi Danny, how's it going?
2: It's good. I appreciate you having me. Ready to talk some hoops. It's been a it's been a while since we had some basketball to watch.
1: Yes, excited to have you on. Excited to talk about this Texas team and basketball in general. We finally got some games uh, last night. We don't get to see Texas in real action until Friday. Friday, yeah. (laughs) They're a late one. Also, like UConn, who we're going to talk about some too, because it's a very big game coming up on on Monday. But um, at least the season is officially underway and we are kind of in the thick of it now. Um, so obviously Texas ranked number three in the AP poll coming into this season, a team that's in that kind of elite tier, um, has gotten a lot of attention this off season. So I want to just like talk about what they look like coming into the season. We've seen them play a little bit in that exhibition game with DePaul. So that was interesting, but maybe just starting out with that number three preseason ranking. I mean, this is a team that was very good last year. I made it to the elite eight has been successful under Vic Schaefer for the last two seasons but just kind of in your opinion what does it say about this team and where kind of Schaefer has them that they're starting off the season in that number three spot
2: yeah I was a little surprised by the number three slot I have an AP vote and I put them five Um, and I thought I don't think I was being too conservative with that vote but this is a team that you can have a range of outcomes um, with this team I don't know if national championship is necessarily the high just because of what South Carolina is. But this is a team that could definitely reach the cha- championship game and contend. This is also a team that could maybe lose in the sweet 16 round. We just don't know because their strength is also maybe their weakness. They have a lot of new faces and we just don't know how a lot of these, uh, the transfers and the freshmen are going to fit into this team. We know what we have in Rory Harmon. Um, we think we know what we have in Aliyah Moore. At least what we saw it from her at the end of the season is sending she got better over the offseason. We know what someone like Shay Hawley and Deanna Gaston contribute to this team, but we don't know really what the, the newcomers um, are going to do. And we don't know how much the offseason departures from this team because this team lost a lot too. Um, we don't know how much that's going to hurt this team or how long it's going to take to adjust this team. I figure you know they have three new assistant coaches, although two of them really aren't new. They've been tied to the program before, so I don't know how much that really impacts things, but there's just a lot of unknowns that we're not going to know Until on paper, this is a very talented team and there's a lot to be excited about. But we just don't know if they're going to play defense the way Vic Schaefer wants them to play, if they're going to gel on the court. And we're just going to, they're going to get tested early. But um, it may just be a little while before we're definitively able to say, okay, this team is number three, this team is number five, this team is number 12.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of it probably stemmed from, I think, past number one and number two, when you get to the, the rankings, there's just a lot of question marks everywhere. So a testament to what people expect from a Vic Schaefer team, I think. But yeah, I think there's, there's a range of places that most of those teams in that kind of three to 10 range right now could end up falling once we really see what things look like. Um, you mentioned kind of some of the returners there, but I think one of the things most interesting about this team going into the season is some of those acquisitions that they made during the offseason, in particular, uh, Shayla Gonzalez and Sonia Morris for a team that maybe struggled a little bit to score the basketball last year. I think you've got two options that, if they gel right, could play a big role in the Texas offense. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you've heard about the two of them and kind of how they're, they're fitting in with the program so far?
2: yeah, I mean obviously, anytime you can add two players who were already in the top ten at their former schools and career scoring, that's that's a plus. And this is a Texas team that needed scoring, especially after Aaliyah Mathara decided to transfer and go to um Florida. she was their leading scorer last season, their top shooter, um, even though she only averaged 12 points a game. she had the, she had the ability to get hot and you know carry a team offensively. Um, and so that's uh those are two huge acquisitions. and then, you assume Roy Harmon's going to get better um, offensively. And, you know, some of the other pieces, uh, you know, Shea Holly can knock down some buckets here and there. They can get some work done, done the paint. I mean, that that's a good offense. And, you know, we, it's exhibition season. Those matches don't mean anything, but they did, you know, top 100 points twice in their two exhibition games, including one against DePaul. And I know DePaul is not known for their defense, but that's still a tournament team with an All-American on their roster. So, you know, I think if you just look at the – exhibition season you can see what this offense can do and honestly i think she'll tell you the same thing rory didn't play that well shooting the ball I mean, she you know did a good job running the offense and doing what she needed to do in other aspects but she didn't shoot the ball that well so you assume that gets better and you know this team continues to play um with with shaley and sonia kind of doing what they they do this could be a potent offense and also i think one of the big things um shaley and sonia can both handle the ball and You know, some of the problems Texas had last year is if something happened to Rory, um, they were in trouble because Joanne Allen-Taylor wasn't a traditional point guard. She's more of a traditional two. And so, um, you know, they they had some trouble running running their offense. And so I think Texas has some options there with having additional ball handlers. And I think that will help, too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think when you talk about those two as well, you're talking about two people have a lot of experience in college basketball. So even though they're new to Texas, per se, they do have that experience of What's needed to kind of handle the ball at this level, so it'll help I think Rory out a little bit too. And that obviously she got that experience last year, but still just a sophomore. And Now you've got you know two kind of grad transfers in that spot as
2: and well. I, I forgot I forgot to mention also Taylor Jones hasn't played yes. um, in the exhibition season, kind of getting over getting over an injury, but they're hoping she gets back soon. And that's another player who she was injured last season for much of last season, but the year before at Oregon State was really good. They expect a lot from her down in the paint, so that's another addition who could play huge dividends for this Texas team down the road.
1: Definitely. I think just so many strong new pieces that have kind of had that, that power five type experience on this roster. So it's definitely good to see, I guess, going into, before we get to the big game on Monday, kind of going into Friday, maybe what are some of the things that you're looking forward to see from this team as they kind of start that season with a that little bit easier of a, a test to go uh, to kind of kick things off. I
2: would, I would like to just kind of see the rotations that Vic uses in a game that matters. Um, I guess we'll find out probably tomorrow if Taylor's going to play or not, but just kind of see how, how they look on the floor, how they're, how they're playing together. Vic, when we talked to him last was not very pleased with the way they've been playing defensively. Not that Vic is ever pleased with the way they' have been playing <laughs> defensively, but we'll see if um. You know we we know they can score can they defend the way Vic schaefer wants them to defend and just kind of see who's you know who's out there i don't know if we're going to see a crunch time lineup because i don't expect this game to be close but you know who's who's out there and giving the important minutes and you know do the new are the newcomers meshing with the returners and you know the returners if they're pushed to the bench or that newcomers are you know coming off the bench like how do they you know play in those complementary roles as opposed to maybe being a starter last year so i mean i, I think there's a lot of rotation questions we can answer um, in this first game, we're not going. We're not going to know who's going to be there. Crunch time five, or who's taking that last shot, or something like that. Maybe we'll get to see that next Monday. But um, it'll be nice to see just kind of what this team looks like in a non-exhibition game when you know a few more cards are on the table.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the defense will be an interesting thing to see as well. Definitely Schaefer is one of those people that's just never going to be happy with it. But I think that was such a big part of this team's identity last season. I think they were top 10 defensive in the defensive rating in her hoop stats. So really a big part of what has made really the past two seasons this team be able to reach that elite eight and pull off some of those kind of big upsets like that, that Stanford upset early on last season. So it'll be good to see if they're kind of near that mark again to start this season.
2: Yeah, they did. You know, I think the start of the season is going to be definitely interesting. I mean, you could convince me because of some of the issues that UConn's having right now with some of their figuring out who they are after Paige got hurt and some of the other injuries they've had. Just, you know, you can convince me Texas wins that game by 20. You can convince me UConn wins that game by 20. Yeah. It's UConn. So, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly. Um, I'm more, I'm more Excited to see these te- the the team that Texas plays Monday as opposed to Friday. Even though I'll actually get to be in the house for the Friday game, but Monday going to tell us a lot more um, than than Thursday. And then you know they have some good games um, after that. Unfortunately, I don't get to go to the Bahamas. I couldn't convince my boss to send me to that trip, but they'll get we'll tested down there down there as well.
1: Yeah, that's a shame. That would have been a nice way to, to spend a few days in November down in, yeah. down in the Bahamas. But yeah, I think as we kind of talked about that Monday game a little bit more, one that could definitely go a wide variety of ways, but I think either way will tell us a lot about Texas and then also about UConn kind of going in the start of the season, at least. Um, maybe just kind of starting out with more general, but the significance of having such an early test for these teams, so you think... Or is anything that's kind of a key thing for, for Texas to get out of this early game?
2: I, I think if you're Vic, you just kinda wanna see what your team looks like when you, they get thrown into the fire. I mean, Texas Texas plays in a good enough conference. It's not like they're yeah. gonna go two months without playing anyone once Big Twelve. It's not like the volleyball team um, in Texas <laughs> or some other sports and in other conferences. I mean, Texas will be tested plenty of times in their in their conference play, but it is nice to get a um, a good test early. I, I think these I, I I think you'd probably agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think it's probably better to face a good team early than just I mean, what is a hundred to forty game against some, you know, some belt conference team that's gonna finish sixth place um, do for your team, aside from, you know, get everyone a little bit I guess get make everyone feel good and um, you know, um, get get some people some minutes. And that might be you know, that might be good for some programs, but for a program like Texas that wants to win a national championship and reach the final four you need to get tested. You need to know early um, who's on your team. That's good. What, what works, what doesn't work. Obviously this is good for your RPI and, um, you know, strength of schedule, all that stuff, the tournament, you know, the, the selection committee, even though it'll be, you know, three, four months later, this does look good on the resume, win or lose obviously better if you win. But, um, you know, I just I think you get a lot more out of this than scheduling some team at home that you're going to beat by 50 and, win or lose, Vic's going to have a lot. Even if they win, I'm sure Vic's going to have 10 things that he uh, wants to work on. And if they lose, he's going to have 20. So it's, it, it just gives him a, a lot to work on. And that's something you need when you have a team with so many fresh faces and they're trying to get together. This may be a little bit different if this was a team of 12 returners and you knew exactly what you had, but they don't know what they have. And they're not going to know what they have after after Friday. So a good test against the UConn team, which um you can tell me better than I can tell you, um, you know, w- what exactly the caliber of this UConn team is right now and what they're going through. But regardless, I have I a fi- feeling Gino is going to put a competitive team out there, and this is going to be a, a good test for both, both squads.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think having these early season matchups and Texas heading down to the battle for Atlantis, we'll have a few more of them before we get to December as well. But you learn so much more from seeing kind of what two of the top teams in the country do against each other, what you know, someone else in the top 25 is going to look like against Texas in that battle for Atlantis, because you're not going to get, like you said, a whole lot out of Friday. We didn't get a whole lot out of most of the games that happened yesterday, where everyone beat everyone by 40 points. That doesn't kind of show you really where the national spectrum some of these teams are and what the most important things to work on are. So I agree. I think Monday is one of those kind of key early games that is going to give us a much better idea of what Texas looks like and what UConn looks like in terms of two of the potentially top teams in the country and teams that you're talking about making Final Four-type runs this year. Um, kind of going a little bit more into to the details of that matchup, um, really starting out with just some of the matchups that we're excited to see, I think one thing that's super intriguing in my mind is going to be the backcourt matchup and that you obviously have this very exciting backcourt at Texas with Rory Harmon, but then also the additions of Shayla Gonzalez and Sonia Morris. And then at UConn, obviously no page backers, So that makes things not as they like I probably hoped their backcourt would look like, but you still have a player like AZ Fudd that they're expecting really big things from. Um, and then they also have a new addition in Lou Lopez y'all a transfer out of uh, Fairfield that really impressed in their exhibition game. I thought, granted, it's an exhibition, but she came out and of didn't miss a beat, starting with the steam and dropped 20 points in their exhibition game. So I think that was exciting to see.
2: Yeah, and you know, if you're if you're a Texas fan, you know all about Lou. She played for that Fairfield team that came down here last year, and granted, Fairfield was never gonna win that game against Texas, but she held her own and was, uh, you know, definitely one of the better things about a pretty veteran Fairfield squad. And I don't think any Texas fans are, when they saw that she decided to transfer to UConn, were <laughs> shocked. I mean, she was a good player, and I'm sure Gino's going to do some good things with her. So it'll be fun to see her on a more competitive team, um, just kind of how she fits in there. And then obviously, you know, AZ is, you know, who she is, and her and Rory kind of being being in the same class will be fun. Obviously, um, it's really disappointing um, that Paige is is hurt and won't be in this game because that that'll be a lot of fun. I guess we have to wait till next year to see to see that matchup, but that would have been a lot of fun to see um, some of the Paige's caliber going against this uh, Texas defense and kind of what Vic would be throwing at her to try to to try to stop her and slow her down. But obviously, there's you know it's UConn. There's always going to be talent on this team, and you know Gino's never going to be trotting out a bunch of two stars. So there's a you know. You know, I, I think any position when you have UConn and what Texas is now, you're going to have talent at all five positions on the court, and then the next five that come in are going to be good and you know just as, just as talented too. So I think there's going to be several fun and, and intriguing matchups. But you're, you're right; it probably does start in the backcourt with some of those with some of those guards that are going to get throw, thrown in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head, but there's talent at every position on on both of these teams. You're looking at a a lot of talent, so I think it's probably going to just come down to kind of whose talent has gelled the most at this point in the season going into uh, Monday, which... I don't know. I think it's probably going to be a close game. Like you said, one team could either team could win by twenty, but I think the most likely outcome is a, probably a pretty close battle between these teams. those two teams that that have the talent, but maybe haven't just figured things out quite yet with new pieces, missing pieces, things of that nature.
2: I'm hoping for let's. I'm hoping for a buzzer beater. We'll, let's yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's Absolutely. what we all want. I hope, <laughs> what we need. Hope be still close and competitive in the in fourth quarter either either way. That'll be fun and
1: yeah,
2: obviously <laughs> beneficial for both teams.
1: Exactly. I would settle for something like uh, South Dakota State and Creighton last night, where they were kind of down to the wire. It's not as exciting as a buzzer beater because it kind of came down to making sure Creighton might made their free throws at the end. But it was still <laughs> it was a close one. Yeah. Um of looking at that game, what do you think some of the keys are for Texas that they're going to go into You kind of come out with a win and some of the things that they need to look to do in that contest?
2: Uh, I mean, it's you know, basic basketball stuff. I mean, limit the turnovers and, you know, force turnovers. I mean, you're Texas and you pride yourself on how you play defense and how much you harass the opposing teams and make their lives miserable. I mean, that includes, you know, creating turnovers and just making sure UConn really – can't get comfortable getting into their offense. Um, and then offensively, I mean, you can't get things going. It's great having shooters on the floor and it's great having a great offense, but if you're throwing the basketball away every single time you go down there, um, it's not going to, it's it's not going to be very beneficial. And, you know, in their DePaul exhibition, I forget what exactly what it was, but, you know, Vic was not happy with the amount of turnovers they had um, in that game. And obviously UConn's a lot better um, than DePaul is. So, um, you know they need to play like they did in the Big 12 tournament last year, which is asking a lot because that was they were running all cylinders and Rory was playing like a superhero in that in that that week. But you know if she can um, direct this offense and they can not turn the, the the basketball over, I think they'll they'll be okay. I mean they don't need to score 100 points. They're not going to score 100 points um, at UConn, but they don't give away the basketball and take advantage of the shots that they do have you know, they, they should be competitive, but yeah, you know, that also, you know, that's very basic of me to say. And um, um, I guess if I, you know, if I, if I, if I could uh, implement that, I'd be a, I'd be a high paid basketball coach, but um, I don't know <laughs> how to exactly implement that, but that'd be, that'd be my advice.
1: Yeah. And I think from a UConn perspective, also pretty kind of basic takes, but they, I think they just need to rebound the ball. Well, that's going to be a big thing is not getting beat on the glass and, being able to kind of get those second chance opportunities when they don't make shots against the Texas defense, but also um, on the other end, not allowing second chances for Texas, I think is going to be key for the Huskies. And then the other thing I would say for UConn is, is hitting their threes. And obviously they have some very talented three-point shooters, especially AZ Fudd on this team. So hopefully that's something we'll see from them. But I think hitting that three ball is going to kind of make a break where this UConn team can go offensively.
2: That's something I want to see from Texas too is who exactly is going to be your 3 point threat because Aliyah Matharo, like I said has transferred to is transferred to Florida. Um Kendall Kendall Hunter is arguably their best shooter is away from the team right now for personal reasons. Um you know we, we know Shaylee can shoot but we haven't really seen it in a Texas uniform and you know, Sonia, you know, presumably can shoot too but we haven't seen it in Texas uniform. So it'll be interesting to see how they establish themselves from behind the arc. Uh, Shea Holly is another person who can put it up, but you know, she's only used to making like one or two a game. So we'll see if she gets a little bit more volume um, for this team. Cause they're, they, they're going to need someone who can shoot and step back and hit those threes. Cause at times that was missing last season and that, and that hurt them.
1: Yeah. Great. And then I think if we get a close one, the other thing I'm looking at is on both ends, who's ball balls kind of who's, hands is the ball in, in those kind of key critical plays. My guess is it's probably AZ Fudd and Rory Harmon, but it'll be interesting to kind of see where the coaches go.
2: Unless, unless she's in foul trouble, the number three for <laughs> pre- Texas. <pretextes. laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess to kind of wrap up our preview, is there anything else you wanted to cover before I asked for your prediction of what's going to happen on Monday?
2: No, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, this is I think why you love basketball, um, men's or women's, is these marquee matchups. You know, it's good when coaches, uh, you know, aren't scared to play people in the non-conference part of the schedule. Like we said, you would know, be easy. Texas could very well easily just schedule who cares state at at home on Monday um, and just take the win, and UConn could do the exact same thing, but. Obviously, and I know this match, match was supposed to happen last season, I think, and got pushed back a, a couple of times. but you know it's good when it's good when these teams uh, schedule each other. I hope more schools do it. and um, I think that's what's you know good for the game, both for the men and the women is when you have these marquee matchups that everyone is paying attention to because I kind of doubt I, you know anyone would be asking me to talk about Texas versus nobody cares a uh, university. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, it's uh it's good when we can. You know, everyone be talking about a matchup like this and generate some interest for, for these for these these teams in and in a matchup like this in November.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think these are the games that are the most exciting to talk about at this point in the season, we do definitely have a handful of them kind of around the women's top 10 coming, so that'll be exciting to talk about on all fronts, but I totally agree how it's very much underwhelmed by uh, both on the men's and women's side the slate last night to start the season. It was a lot of right team versus who cares state, so hopefully we will, we'll see more of these kind of going forward. All right. So, what is your prediction of what's going to happen on Monday? Who do you have coming out on top?
2: Um, I'll I'll pick Texas. Um, I, I think obviously I think both teams are still figuring out who they are, um, based off of the injuries at UConn and um, Texas just fitting in these new pieces and figuring out how to replace the people who left. Um, so there's a lot of question marks, but you know I grew to trust Roy Harmon last year. Um, she was uh, on my preseason All-American ballot. And so I'm just going gonna, gonna to trust trust in Rory and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But once again, you know, if we, we talk again down the road and you remind me, hey, remember in November uh, we picked Texas and UConn won by, you know, 10, 15 points. I mean, that's not going to surprise me. Yukon's know, obviously a, you know, powerful um, powerhouse and, you know, they, the accomplishments speak for themselves. That's not a surprise to anyone listening to this or um, obviously people, people who root for the Longhorns in Texas. But if we're talking in a couple of months, I'm like, Hey, remember when I said Texas is going to win this game and they won by 10 or 15 points. That shouldn't surprise anyone either. Texas is a team on the rise who's had some success in the last couple of years and they have talent on their roster. So um, both two good teams. I'm just going to pick uh, um, the veteran point guard who I've gotten to watch to the last uh year or so, who you know, I think pretty highly of. So I'll, I'll go with Texas and um, hopefully just, it'll just be a fun, fun, good game and everybody will be entertained.
1: Yeah, I agree. I hope it's going to be a fun game. I think it is going to be a close one. I think right now I would probably go with Texas too, this kind of four that they have Rory Hartman. I think if you're looking at the talent on both sides, she is the player that's going to be on the court that's the most proven as a star player. Not saying that someone in UConn like AZ Fudd can't be the best player on the floor in the game, but I think if you're looking at what we've actually seen from everyone so far in their college careers, that Rory Hartman is kind of that, that X factor for Texas that could kind of put them over the hump and get the win on the road in this first game. But like I said, I think it's going to be close. So I think either outcome will not surprise me very much. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danny, for doing this. Really appreciate you hopping on the show.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you, you all having me. And I'm just disappointed. I couldn't make the trip to Connecticut yeah. on, on Monday, but I'll definitely be watching from back here back here in Texas.
1: Yeah, I would personally be more disappointed about that lack of trip to the Bahamas than, than just Connecticut.
2: I just, I, I just need to get more of a travel budget over here at the States, end, but we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep questioning my bosses about that.
1: There you go. Hopefully next year she'll be somewhere tropical for whatever tropical tournament Texas is playing in. There you go. Well, thanks again. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. As always, be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening or watching us. Also, be sure to check out the stats site, herhoopstats.com, for all your stats needs for NCAA Women's Basketball. We just released a new tiered approach to membership, so definitely go check that out. Also, Be sure to follow our newsletter on Substack for all of our best content in your inbox and follow us on social media at HerHoopStats on all platforms. Thanks again for listening.